Welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson, and I'm the founder of Get in the Fight Ministries and our exclusive online fight club for Christian men. Everything we do here is dedicated to helping Christian men become the men that God meant for them to be. So if you're looking for helpful content and conversations that can help you to grow and become the man that God made you to be, then you're in the right place. But before we get started, please do me a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. Doing that helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our mission and how to get involved or how to join the Fight Club, then head on over to getinthefight.club, that's getinthefight.club, and learn more today. But without further ado, it's time to get in the fight, so let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. I'm super excited for you to get to meet Todd Wilson today, somebody that I was very fortunate to see a couple times now at some homeschool conventions and conferences that we've been a part of, and really grateful to have Todd here. So just, we're going to jump right to it. I want to ask as many questions as we can and get to as much stuff as we can here from a guy that has conversations for men for a living, right? And maybe not just for men, but I know that the conversations in particular for dads and for fathers is going to be super relevant and helpful for you today. So I'm, I'm really excited for today's conversation. But I met Todd back in the spring and had a conversation to say, hey, maybe you'd be interested to come on and grateful he's here. You're going to see, you know, Todd wears many hats. He's an author of many books. One of them is called Help. I'm married to a homeschooling mom. He's got an official book of homeschooling cartoons and then many other resources that I'll introduce you to later. He's a dad, a writer, an amazing and super funny conference speaker. He's a former pastor. He's a guy that is a favorite at speaking conferences across the country, I think because he's just very funny, but he's also just very honest and very real. He's a guest at times with focus on the family and writes articles that are sometimes in Christianity Today, has a weekly column called The Family Man Weekly, has a website, a podcast, and all kinds of things. But Todd is also married to his wife, Debbie. They have eight children, and they spend a lot of months traveling the country encouraging moms and dads. So Todd, thank you so much for jumping on and being here with me today. It is my pleasure. Yeah, how amazing that you um, get to just be a dad who travels with his family and works his way across the country, building memories and encouraging people. Like, what a really cool thing that you get to do. It is a cool thing. I mean, something that I didn't anticipate, I, but it's been an amazing byproduct. In fact, it has been the glue that holds our family together. We don't travel like as much as we used to when my kids were little. Because now they're married and yeah, they have grandkids. And now my kids, when we travel, they don't want to go because they want to be with their grand with their nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters. That's right. So we're trying to we're kind of in a transition, trying to figure out how this looks going forward. And I'm not like this Mr. Planner guy, so I don't really write it down. I just walk the path, and I'm like, whoa, we're not on that path again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So I wish if you're I like was, me I think a lot of guys, we don't really know what we're doing most of the time until we check with our wife. We're like, oh, we're doing Christmas. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> but Todd, tell us, tell our, our audience a little bit about you. Just kind of the quick run through of how did you get to this point? Tell us a little bit about you and your story. 
You know, I grew up in a Christian family, had amazing parents, and really I attribute a lot of that to to them. I mean, of course, God was in the midst of all of it, but I had a mom who cared about family. I had a dad, even though he was saved about when I was in junior high. I mean, he cared about his family. I mean, he made choices. Coming from a dad who was terrible, he was a great dad, is a great dad. In fact, I'm going to pick him up here in just a little bit. But, you know, I, I've been married to my wife for 33 years. Wow. It's been an amazing ride. We have eight children, never anticipated that. I thought, oh, you know, my wife came from a family of four. I came from a family of four. And we thought, oh, family of four kids, that's the number. But somehow God said, you know, moved us in a different direction. And, and our house is loud. Our house is chaotic. You know, it's just, and now the four oldest are married. We're expecting number seven, eight, nine grandchild already. And actually, I mean, really, we have two grandchildren that could be born in the coming week or weeks for today, I guess. And so life feels full. You know, I didn't set out to think, oh, I want to start men's ministry. I was a pastor for about 10 years. And in fact, I don't even really like the word sometimes men's ministries, you Mm know, I just wanted to encourage dads because I saw all the pressures to choose the wrong thing. You know, everybody rewards, you know, success, lots of money, lots of shiny things. And that's the only thing that God doesn't even care about. Yeah. And especially as dads, when we have these, these diamonds, I don't like the idea of exchanging them for stones, Mm. you know things that aren't worth anything so that's what we started we started family man ministries our little slogan was reminding dads of what's most important i can remember when we started my wife's like that doesn't even say anything what how do (laughs) should we define what's most important and i'm like honey everybody knows it all dads know what's most important i don't have to define it yeah so we kept it and we just keep doing it and it's super simple we have lots of books and you know we speak but it's just it's the same thing i'm just pointing dads down the right path, the path that that brings joy and is hard and, you know, and it just gets better. Mm-hmm. As my kids have gotten older, the laughter's more hilarious. The arguments are greater. The emotion is greater. The chaos is greater. And we go to bed feeling more exhausted than we ever have. <laughs> but it is so, so good. I love what you're saying and what you do. And I'm curious, have you found over the years, like, I get the sense, I I think I'm one of these guys that feels like I'm waking up finally. And maybe it's just my stage Mm -hmm. of life. I'm 46 at this recording. But in the last couple of years, I didn't set out to do a men's ministry. I do financial planning for a living, Mm. you know, but I have this sense of urgency. Again, that maybe it's just because I'm in my 40s, but I feel like it's bigger. I feel like men across the world are waking up to some of the things that are happening. And I guess I'm curious your take. Do you feel like dads are waking up more so right now when you're talking to them across the country? Or do you feel like maybe it's the same as it's always been? Is it any different now or no? You know, that's a good question. I don't know if it's any different. I think there is, are, are those awakenings in, in, in men? I mean, Promise Keepers was one of those mm-hmm. awakenings. And really what was a motivator for me was 
back in the day, before I had did what I did, you know, we were having little kids and occasionally when the kids were in bed, I would turn on a PBS documentary. And I, I'm kind of fascinated by people who are good at what they do. So if you're the world's best violin maker, I think that's, you know, I don't like anything about cooking, but I like to watch those who are the best, yep. you know, and they would interview these and they would, some of them were weird, you know, like Weird Al, the Weird Al Yankovic, the Polka King, you know, and Billy Graham. And, and really across the board, they would kind of get to the end, almost without exception, they would get to the end and they go, you know. I really wasn't a very good dad. Mm. If I had to do it over, I think I would have spent a little more time in our family. So I think there is that awakening where a lot of people, like I've not met a dad yet who doesn't want to be a good dad. Mm. But sometimes the voice is quieted, you know, or like I didn't understand during the Promise Keepers movements, you know, they would, they would fill arenas with 50,000 guys. And I didn't understand why, why afterwards there wasn't a mass migration from the workplace, you know, or people who just said, you know, this job's terrible for my family. I'm quitting. Because I think we get to a point where we're like, I want to be this, but I'm not going to, I can't take it all the way to the end. Yeah. And so I do think there, I was just talking, we had a guy, we had, did our podcast actually just a few minutes ago. And there was a guy on our show and his name is Myson and M-Y-S-O-N, my son. And he was talking about his dad who had 10 kids. And for the first four children, he was number five. The first four children, he wasn't a very good dad. He, he really was, you know, a harsh disciplinarian. His older brothers probably, he says, it's like we have two different dads. Mm. But at that, at my fifth child, he said he went at like a month without a name he didn't have a name even and i'm like that is rough <laughs> they called me the kid <laughs> and then his dad was just broken and mm. his dad changed and he named his son my son wow and he was just talking about that and you know and and he's been a, an amazing dad his dad has now 70 grandchildren wow you know, and I, so I do think there are those awakenings. And that's why I'm like, when a guy comes up to me and says, hey, Todd, I really feel like I should dot, dot, dot. I'm like, do it quick, because if you don't, you're going to get sucked back in. Because yeah. I've met a lot of those guys who have. So I don't know. I think there's always been, you know, and even when you think about it, even when the Messiah came, the forerunner to the Messiah, the one who was supposed to get everybody ready. His job was to turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the hearts of the sons to their fathers. Mm. I think this is my thought that that because that's the that's the chain that moves the gospel along. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, these are to be on your heart and you teach them to your children who will teach them to their children. I think at those times, like at that time, there was a break in the chain, mm -hmm. you know, like the father. And so, you know, you have to put the chain back together so you can. It's the forerunner to the gospel. And I think even now, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, I, there would be some guys like, why don't you share the gospel? Why don't you do it? And I'm like, because I'm getting people ready for the gospel. Yeah. Just good. by turning the hearts of their dads 
to their kids because somehow God uses that and works through that. So, you know, I don't know if I answered your initial question. Maybe we've always been this way. Yeah. You know, where we've always kind of felt like now's the time. But it doesn't take very long before that cools down again. Yeah, that's right. And we're back to normal. Yeah, I, I, it feels like, and maybe this is just our generation of it, but like it feels like the push for our society to affirm everything that kind of opposes us, mm-hmm. you know, is so strong that I feel like it's almost like, you know, human nature, we don't move until it hurts bad enough. Right. I feel like there's a little bit of that maybe going on where everybody's like, whoa, where did, where did all this darkness come from? <laughs> it's been coming right. and coming and coming. But we're finally waking up to it and saying, wow, if I don't do something quickly, you know, it may be too late. And mm-hmm. so it certainly feels that way. But it makes me think, though, of your ministry and of what you're doing. That just to reach the hearts of fathers and for, to help men become the men that God meant for them to be. That's kind of our slogan. Right. That God has that's an idea awesome. for men. Like, let's find out what that is for you. And to your point, let's go do that quickly. <laughs> if God is prompting you to move, let's get to that thing quickly. What do you think? I've got some, I've got my ideas on this, but what do you think it is? Like, what do you think is at the heart of keeping men out of the fight? This, this is called getting the fight, this ministry, because I recognize that I was like, I don't know if you, this is your church or not, but at my church and I think every other church guys will go to church and be like, Hey Todd, how you doing today? Doing good. How about you? Doing good. Meet the next guy. How you doing? Today? Doing good. Doing good. <laughs> Everybody's doing good at church until you talk to them and it's like, you find out like they're not in the fight at all. Like we're just going to church. And so what do you feel like is the cause of that? What do you think is keeping men from being fully alive in Christ and fighting this fight? (laughs) Because it is hard because it is a fight, you know? Yeah. And especially, you know, in your relationship with Christ. I mean, I don't, that one's harder for me because I don't know why. I mean, because he loves us so acceptingly you know i don't know why we don't embrace that but i know as a dad you know i know guys will say well i tried and they just didn't care and i'm like duh of course they didn't care <laughs> that's what kids do yeah. you do the things that are good for them and they go you don't love me you don't try. <laughs> and you're like fine you know <laughs> or you have children who are selfish you have a spouse who you know doesn't respond because you know, the way you think they should respond. And it's just, it's hard. Yeah. But I think that's the beauty of what you do and what I'm doing, what other, so many others have done, you know, that, that I, I think we need to, I think we need to be real because I think there are a lot of guys who think, well, you don't know what it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody else does, but you know, Nate and Todd, they, theirs is easy. Mm which is not true. Mm-hmm. You know, I will talk about a dad right now on this show and then I'll go upstairs and I'll get my 17 year old son in tears <laughs> because I'm just mean, you know, or, um, you know, I'll go up and I'll say to my wife, something mean, right. You know, right after we've talked about loving our wives, right. you know, right. And because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I, I always think it's interesting that when I share my successes, and we send it a weekly email out to lots of people. You know, when I share my success, I'm like, I was such a good dad this week. Nobody responds. I mean, <laughs> one guy will go, way to go, Todd. You know, but if I say, oh, man, I was so mean to my kids. You know, I said these hateful words. 
the dads come out of the woodwork and yes. say, oh, that was just like me. Yes. You know, and it's not a this thing where we say, oh, good. I'm so Todd's like me. Now I can be a bum. You know, we're all bums. That's right. So maybe we could just stay in the fight together. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of encouraging to me, you know, to hear that it was hard for you mm-hmm. because we think you know, that we'll encourage people to get in the fight when we give them lofty words and we share, you know, these four things to do this. And really, I think we just encourage them when we prop them up and we're covered in blood and, you know, we're like, yeah, I hate my kids too. Well, let's keep <laughs> staying in the game. You know? And I just, I, I like that. I yes. like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, I do a weekly podcast and blog as well. And yesterday, somebody in my community said, oh, wow, that this this blog post on how the gospel changes parenting is so good. Mm. And, I, and I just stole everything from Paul David Tripp. It's not like I had no good idea. <laughs> uh, I said, That's here's what, what we're supposed to do. <laughs> right. It's just total plagiarism. It's like, here's what he said. And he's really good at what he does. Right. But it was funny because they were just, they were saying, wow, this is really great. And I'm thinking exactly what you said. Like, I'm such a terrible dad today at this point, <laughs> this point, and this point, you know, it's, it's like this weird spot to be here because we just want to encourage men. And at the same time, you know, we just have so much work to do, but I don't know about you. It, what I like about the challenge of speaking it out loud and saying, here, go do this, be this kind of man is it's really just mostly helpful for me. It mm-hmm. keeps me on course to trying to be that man that I'm supposed to be. And, and so I agree. I, I, I feel agree. very unqualified to say like, Hey, I'm going to lead a men's ministry. And I bet you feel similar, but it's just like, but we need so badly these voices in our society. And I think men are hungry for it. You know, I think they're hungry for being, like you said, I've never met a dad who hasn't wanted to be a better dad, you know? Yeah. Tell and I me. think, you know, oh, yeah, I, I think they want that, a standard bearer, mm-hmm. someone who can, I mean, when the apostle Paul said, you know, kind of follow my example, that's, I, I don't even think I could ever say that, like follow no. my example because yeah, no. I've got it right. <laughs> but, you know, I think people do like the example of, you know, another dad, like when I, when I say, oh man, I had my kid in tears. And then 10 minutes later, I went back and I apologized. Yeah, there you go. And I said, you don't deserve to have a dad like me. He said, I love you so much, you know? And then, then I say, Hey dad, how about you? You got a relationship you need to mend? Go do it Mm -hmm. because you're dad, you know? And there's something kind of comforting. Like, yeah, Todd blew it. I can, I blew it. I can do it. Todd did it, you know, Absolutely. and I like that. And I love when guys will say to me, Todd, I was doing something and I heard the Holy Spirit say, just do that. And he goes, and the Holy Spirit sounded just like you. <laughs> so great. So funny. So great. What, what do you think? You know, you mentioned your, your motto or your tagline about mm-hmm. what matters most, helping to remind dads or encourage dads to do what matters most. What, what are the, what are some of those things? Like, you know, it's a simple, oh, simple catchphrase, but what are some of those It's really, things? for me, it's the relationships. Mm. It's relationships with people. Like right now, I don't know if you can hear it over this microphone, but we have my three grandchildren who live right next door. They're upstairs and I can hear one of them crying. Like I'm dying crying. Not that I'm hurt crying, but <laughs> it's someone over. has crossed me crying, <laughs> you know? Yep. And I love that. But, but you know, the thing I want to get right are the relationships, the relationship with my spouse mm. and the relationship with my children, the relationship with my grandchildren. 
you know, and even I'll tell you, we're, we're at a new crossroads because my kids live close. My oldest lives right next door. I have another son right across the street. My daughter and son, you know, they're both married and they live 10 minutes away across from me, across the street from each other. Wow. And so, I mean, we're babysitting all the time. I mean, <laughs> all the time. And, and my wife will say, I just, you know, I just feel like, you know, I got to have some time for not me, but I just can't get anything done. Cause I've got kids all the time and I've got these and, you know, er, almost every night they're like, Hey dad, can you watch, you know, Cohen because, and, and I'm, and it's hard. And there'd be a lot of grandparents who would say, Oh yeah, my kids are all done. I'm moving to Florida. Right. You know, honestly, I say this kindly, they're dopes, mm -hmm. you know, because and I'll tell my wife, honey, we're going to babysit till we're dead. But this is what's best. Mm -hmm. You know, it is what's best. Parenting, you know, as a dad, I want to get the relationship with my children right. I don't care if I blow the ministry part and I never grow. I don't care if I don't sell any books. You know, I mean, that pays for things. But even that, even if we're destitute, yeah. I want to get the relationship right. So to me, there are no even other things, mm -hmm. you know, when I say reminding dads of what's most important, mm. that's what's most important, mm. the relationship with your child. That might be in doing certain things. Like I, I was on an interview about a week ago and the guy asked me, so what really gets your tank? Go you know, what really tanks you up? I'm like, I got an email from a guy who said, you know, hey, Todd, you know, I'm the biggest skin flint there ever was. He goes, but, <laughs> you know. The ice cream truck went by and I could hear the music. And I'm like, ah, oh, the kids are going to hear it. They heard it. And I heard your voice, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, say, stop the ice cream truck. And he goes, we got that terrible ice cream that cost a fortune. Yep. And to me, that's what's most important. Mm. Not the ice cream, not the spending the money. But those kids take that memory forever and really that kind of love that that dad used on his kids is irresistible. Mm. You know, you can't, you can't escape that. You want what you're, you want to be with your dad. You want to love what he loves, mm -hmm. you know? So really it, it helps them with, in a future relationship with God by you as a dad, stopping the ice cream truck yeah, and getting some Smurf pops. That's right. For $12 a piece. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think that needs that's to be, hard for me. That's your next T-shirt. Stop the ice cream truck. You know, just exactly. That, that should be exactly with a Smurf pop. <laughs> it doesn't even look like a Smurf. That's right. And it was frozen in China four years ago. <laughs> that's right. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. And if you are, please do us a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five star review. It only takes a few seconds to do this, but it makes a huge difference for us, and it helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Thanks so much for listening and helping us out. Now back to the show. Yeah, so tell us, like, I can think of a lot of guys in our community, obviously at different stages, but maybe what would you say to these different seasons of parenting? Let's, this is what's great about where you're at now, right? Mm -hmm. You can really speak to this huge range of seasons. Can talk just... What, when you think of the seasons of parenting and just where dads are at different stages, what encouragement do you give to help them have that perspective of seasons now that you know a little bit? Well, you know, that's a, a great question. 
and I feel like I'm like entering the winter season or then I die, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's over. Um, uh, but here's, here's the thing about these seasons and there are seasons. I mean, I remember when my kids were little, I longed for lust might be the right word, a nap every (laughs) Sunday afternoon. I started thinking about it like on Wednesday and I knew if I could just get in when everybody was laying down, if I could just get in a little nap, that would be so great. You know, I mean, I did it every, every Sunday because I was always tired. I don't take a nap anymore because I don't need a nap. You know, I remember when my kids were little, my wife and I, we would watch a video. We had a little tiny television in our room. I mean, it was like, I bet it didn't even have a 13 inch screen. And we would watch it because, and it, we couldn't get any reception. So we'd have to watch a video, but we would lay in bed and we'd watch a video like a while you were sleeping or some kind of, you know, romantic chick flick kind of thing. And we would do that in the winter a couple times a week, you know, because we'd put my kids to bed. They'd go to bed at eight. Right. I haven't done that with my wife in <laughs> 10 years, you know? And so there are those seasons, but here's the deal about the seasons they pass in the blink of an eye, you know, and I know there are dads with little kids right now who think I'm always going to be surrounded by little kids. We're always going to be changing diapers. That is not true. That is a lie. You know, it is going to be over before you know it. I mean, my youngest right now is 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And I think, how can that be? Mm -hmm. You know, I just thought we would be traveling the country in our RV and, and forever. And we would just do these family things and you know, there, my house would always be full. My house is always full even now, but, but I just thought, you know, these little kids and now they're, they've got parents who, you know, who are their parents who have six-year-olds, you know? And I'm like, wow. And so it won't be long before I am an old man and I'll be having great grandchildren and all these things. And in fact, I, got, I, I just choked myself up the other day thinking about how my oldest, you know, how he used to be excited and, you know, be a little kid and dress up in army clothes and loved all the insignias. And, and now he's 30 years old and, you know, expecting their fourth child. And where did and he go? Right. Like, so these seasons, mm. there are seasons, but they go quickly. So, yeah. You know, even if you're in a sweet spot right now, you know, you know, enjoy it because it's going to pass. Yeah. But I will say the seasons get better. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love, I love when we go to a restaurant, we'll go to a Mexican restaurant. And by the way, it gets more expensive because you end up paying it all (laughs) and all the time. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. I remember my dad saying, I said, dad, you don't have to buy my dinner. And he'd say, oh, Todd, who do you spend your money on? I said, my kids. He goes, that's where I like to spend my money. Mm. Dude. Now, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to pick him up here in a little bit. He's going to offer to pay my lunch. And I'm like, of course yeah. you can pay my lunch. I'm tired <laughs> of paying for kids. I'll take it. I'm your kid. Pay for my lunch. I'm your kid. <laughs> but I love it when we go to a restaurant. And since I'm loud, I always sit down at the end by like the kids because my wife likes to be in the middle so she can hear everything and she doesn't talk as loud as I do. And I love it. I'll sit down there and everybody's talking and I'm just watching them. And I know that 
it's just like this really good feeling just washes over me. Mm -hmm. Like my kids don't need me. You know, they, they're going to be okay without me. Yes. They're going to continue to be a family when I'm gone and they're going to continue to take what God is, is in their heart and pass it to their kids. We're going to pass it to their kids. And it really is generational and it is good. So absolutely. So, but it goes so quick I'm, and it's shocking. Yeah. We, we went to, we started our homeschool class, <laughs> start school today. And so on yeah, the first uh-huh. day of school, we always go do breakfast with uh, the kids. Awesome. I've got four girls and. So we went and had breakfast at Cracker Barrel. It's kind of our thing. We talk about like, what are you most excited about? And they always say being done, you know, not doing school, (laughs) not doing this, Uh, but can I have some more syrup please? But yeah, yeah, we were talking about that. And one of my, my youngest is in fourth grade. And I was just talking about like, gosh, I remember fourth grade so well, like it was yesterday for whatever reason, fourth grade Uh was just a great year for me. And. uh, I'm looking at my youngest in the same way you're talking about these seasons. It's, I was that kid, my youngest kid. I remember it like yesterday and it's just over. Where does this go? Mm -hmm. And it's such a great reminder for, for men, for dads. What matters most is the relationship and it goes fast and don't wish it away, you know, but embrace it. Be fully present with all the mess. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, (laughs) let's talk about the marriage aspect of these seasons. Because I feel like the best gift we can give our kids is a strong marriage that they mm-hmm. see mom and dad who are in the fight for them, for each other, that they enjoy each other. Like, tell me, tell me a little bit about maybe how do, how do we help men stay focused on their marriage during this crazy time? What, what's interesting, by the way, I'm going to pause and be say to you, I have this in my mind of like, okay, when the kids are all gone, then we get the house back and it'll be quieter. It sounds like it may not be that we might just be babysitting. So maybe that's not true. <laughs> it's not true. It's, <laughs> I mean, I know other parents have had, have that. And we know some friends who's, but for our house, it is, it is ramped up. It is, it's just like the opposite of what that was going to be. Now we have 15 people right. in our house for right. dinner three times a week, you know, and it's, it's crazy. But, you know, that's uh, the thing about marriage is that there are seasons of that as well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I was just, we just had, I said, we just had a guy on our podcast and he was saying how, you know, you're kind of, you do things for a while and then all of a sudden it all changes. Like he was saying hard, what's hard for him right now is that he has a 19 year old son and, and they went through some struggles there. And he said, so the teenagers were hard for him. Mm-hmm. Cause I asked him, what's, what do you like best? And what, what's the hardest part? And he said, teenage years are the hardest for him. And, you know, I know that when my kids were little, I used to be this, I, I, I was arrogant is probably the right word, even though I never said it like this. You know, people, if they had problems in their marriage, if they had problems with their kids, I would say things like this in my heart. This is so terrible. I'd say, well, if they would just do it God's way, they wouldn't have these problems. <laughs> you know, and I really kind of believed it. Right. And I thought, and then, you know, my kids got a little bit older. And now my kids, some of the things they're dealing with are a little bit weightier. Now my wife's looking at me like, why aren't you solving this? You know, why are, 
you you never do anything. You you know you always leave it all up to me, all the burden on me. Right. So now, why aren't you the spiritual leader? Why did you let him go to youth group? Why did you let him watch Disney movies? Why didn't you make him? You know you know all these all these things. Yes, and you know and and now she's looking at me differently. You know, and now our kids are staying up later, so we don't watch the videos in bed anymore. And now we don't connect like we often did. You know, and you know, and then she's going through some physical changes and, you know, and I respond in a bad way. And so now there are some hurts and, and now marriage is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but here's the thing I think is, you know, being a dad is teaching your future sons and daughters how to love their future spouses because Mm -hmm. The deal is, you know, your daughters are all going to marry four creeps. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you already know these guys. Be, That's amazing. I, I already know them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy, he wrote me, he goes, is it okay if I hate the guys? <laughs> I said, totally, totally. <laughs> I told my, one of their boyfriends, I'm like, I said, I hate you, but it's not because it's you. Nothing, it's just, nothing personal. just the guys in general. And he goes, even my son-in-law right now, he's still like, oh, Todd still probably hates me. So I let him believe that, you know, and just because it's good. It's, they should be a little afraid of you. That's right. Um, but, you know, um, but, you know, your daughters are going to marry these guys. They're going to be madly in love. You know, and they're going to have great adventures and then they're going to hit some hard parts. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to realize he was a creep or is a creep or, you know, even though nothing has changed. Right. You know, and I want to show my kids how to stay married, even when it's hard. Mm. That's why I push. So, you know, use the phrase how to have either a healthy or strong marriage. I'm, I'm getting close to think. Thing, maybe the distinction shouldn't just be healthy and strong, even though there are, but maybe it's just you're married or you're not married, mm-hmm. you know, because if your wife, you know, I, there are a lot of guys who's like, I haven't been close to my wife in decades, mm-hmm. you know, but, and I used to think, again, you could win her over by your charm, by your wit, but if your wife was abused as a daughter, as a child, that changes things. Mm-hmm. If you have hurt your, if you've cheated on your wife, that changes things. You know, if she's having hormonal things, that changes things. Or if you have hurts, you know, it changes things. So it's not even fair to say, oh, well, you just need to do these things. And, you know, sometimes I think for husbands, it's loving your wife, even if they don't love you back. Yep. You know, and that's a hard fight. That's really good. You know, that's really good. It's, and it is. I can remember, you know, and my wife, I love my wife and my wife loves me. But we demonstrated different ways, you know, and so I can remember early on in my marriage, I was talking to a pastor and he was saying, well, I'll just pray that Debbie would be maybe a little easier. And this mm-hmm. was years and years ago. And I kind of, it startled me. And I stopped him. I said, don't pray that. I said, would you pray that I will love my bride no matter what? Mm. And really, I don't do that just 
because I'm this amazing husband. Cause I'm not, <laughs> if I'm a loser dad, I'm really a loser husband. Right. I do it because I want my boys to know how to love their wives, no matter what, mm -hmm. because I know there'll be a time where their wife will look at them and go, I don't like you anymore. Yep. And my, I'm going to, my boys are going to stay married mm. because I've shown them how it's great. And they'll keep loving and they'll, I can remember, and I don't mean to ramble, but I can remember one time somebody's texting me and I don't even know what they're talking about, <laughs> but I can remember one time, uh, my son, I was, I went in for my oldest son and I said, we were talking about apologizing because it's hard for him to apologize unless he is absolutely sure he's wrong. Mm -hmm. And, and he doesn't think he's wrong very often. Oh, I can remember one time we were like battling this out and I said, I'm sorry, we forgive me. And he goes, yeah. And I said, I just pause. I go, do you have something you want to say? <laughs> and he, and he said, do you think I did something wrong? <laughs> I'm like, never mind. Never mind. But I said to him, I said, you know, sometimes Ben, you're going to have to apologize to your future wife before he was married. Even when you, when you don't feel like you were wrong, just because her feelings will be hurt yep. and you'll have, he goes, dad, I don't think I can do it. Mm -hmm. And about, it was about two years after they were married and he, we're standing out in the yard and he goes, you know, dad, sometimes you have to apologize even when you're, you know, you're not <laughs> wrong, right or wrong or whatever. And I'm like, Kerching. Yeah, there you it know, is. he's learned the lesson. Yes. But you know, he learned that from his dad mm -hmm. because I can remember him saying, dad, that's not that's not fair. Mom's too hard on you. She shouldn't be that way. And, and I can remember getting in his face and saying, you know, I don't want you to take my side ever again. You can take her side if you want, but don't take mine because I will love your mom no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I did that for him. Yeah. And I did it because I said to my wife, I would love her no matter what. And I think that's what we need. I love it. Men who will love their wives no matter what. And I, I can remember standing in that, in my garage saying praying to god like god you know i will love her no matter even if she shows me nothing back i will love her mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know but can you change it yeah yeah you know? yeah <laughs> but and i mean that yeah. and really honestly that kind of love is hard to resist from a wife you know unless a wife has been hurt yeah you know and not necessarily by you but by past mm -hmm. and by because our wives are fragile, frail vessels. The Bible says it, you know, and I think they do get hurt more easily than us, mm -hmm. you know, by everyone else. And then they don't understand why you don't understand why they're hurt. And you're like, well, I don't see the big deal, you know? <laughs> and they're like, you're just like them. You're taking their side, you know? And I, I just, it is hard. It's hard yep. being married, yep. but it is so, so worth it. it as you're saying all of this, it reminds me <clears throat> excuse me, of the, how the gospel changes parenting. Well, the gospel changes marriage as well. Like what you're describing yeah. is get Christ's love for us when we don't deserve it is unfailing. Yeah. And, and it's why, what does marriage teach us other than to grow up and to mature and to be more like him? And what a better vessel than marriage to teach you how to love somebody when all of these things that you're saying are so true. And, yeah. yeah, we need to demonstrate that. In fact, there was a meme the other day that went around that said the new rich is having a mom and dad in the same home. You know, like mm. to your point of saying like, like that's the new wealthy, like maybe yeah. not strong or healthy to your point, 
but like we aren't going anywhere. And I remember my parents oh. saying that as kids, like, look, we, we don't have it all figured out, but we're never divorcing. And they were like, they were, what a powerful thing. What a powerful thing. Because I think I know some parents who don't want their kids to see them fight. Right. You know, and I'm like, I think you do them a disservice mm -hmm. because wouldn't it be a travesty if they got to the married and they go, well, my parents never fought. Yep. You know, and or whatever. I think they need to see you argue and then they need to see dads resolve it. Yeah. And wives resolve it. And wives who go, I forgive you because one day they're going to have to. And talking again about the power of this. One time I was at this men's leadership thing. Everybody there. And there were about 30 guys. There were 30 guys there. They were all leaders of men's ministries. Okay. All of them. We're all sitting around a circle. They're just talking about different things. They're talking about their families. And, and then I asked the question. I said, hey, I got a question. You're talking. I said, how many of your, how many of your moms and dads stayed married, you know, the whole time you were? One by one, every single man put his hand up wow. in the air. Yeah. And some of their dad, and some of them said, well, my, my parents' marriage was really terrible. I mean, my dad, you know, had an affair or two. And, mm -hmm. and, but I said, did they stay married? He goes, yeah, they did. And I'm like, could it really be that simple? Mm -hmm. That part of this thing that we hand our children for success is just by staying married. Yeah. And I think maybe that, that is yeah. part of it anyway. And I don't think, you know, people will say, oh, should I just stay married, you know, for the good of my kids? And I'm like, yes, you should. <laughs> and for the good of your grandchildren. Yeah. And does that mean everything's going to, no. But I think sometimes in the midst of staying married, God can work yep. and do amazing things. Yep. Have you ever experienced that maybe in your life where you've wanted to bail? You've wanted to get out of the fight, get out of the ring and you stayed, right? Maybe not even in marriage, but just in life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you look back at this stage of our life and you just go like, there's many times that I've wanted to bail, but the re when I stayed, the reward of staying through the hardest things mm. was so beneficial. You would never want to trade what has been gained from staying, you know, because oh, it's yeah. easy to go. But again, like um, when you see marriage as this thing from God that teaches us so much about who he is, the love of the father towards us, it's, it's way bigger and it, it teaches us so much. Um, oh, yes. And I mean, there's a song, I think it's by David Baroni or someone like that. It's a Christian song and it says 50 years from now. And it says, I'm going to, here's my attempt at singing 50 years from now, what will we, what will we re remember? And the chorus is, if we walk away from this, what will we have missed 50 years, 50 years from now? And, and it's just so powerful. Mm -hmm. And because the song is, we're going through this hard time, but if I walk away from it, yep. will I miss grandchildren later mm -hmm. with you and all these other things with you? And I, I remember you, to your question, wasn't to me, mine, but I remember this guy, his name is Steve Lambert. He taught, he's, he's up on a stage and he's got a big piece of paper and he's got a big marker and he's writing all these things in his life. So he writes down, I came to know Christ at this age. And, and then he puts a cross and then he 
puts he and his wife stick figures. We got married and we had these two kids. And then he said, at this point, he goes, this is where I made the biggest mistake in my life. And I had an affair mm -hmm. and he wrote that out. And then he said, and then after that, you know, we got to go to our children's weddings. We have these grandchildren and he's writing all these and he writes out this wrong thing. And he said, had we stopped then? And he just rips the page right off mm. of, and all that other stuff. He wads up. He goes, we would have missed all out. And, you know, I, and that, that is a powerful, powerful thing. And I think, you know, and if you're the wife and you've gone through, or you're, if you're the husband mm. listening right now yeah. and your wife has cheated on you, it's a lot easier to say and describe than to go through. But I do know when Jesus said it is not good for a man and woman to be torn apart, even after all that, is it still best to remain even if, yeah, yes, it is best it is. to remain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, you, you have a stay married hashtag mantra that you, yeah. and, and I, obviously this is like a central part of what you're saying. And, you know, and again, like what I think people love about you is just the honesty, like you just speak it like, yeah, marriage is hard, you know? And yeah, you have a platform to talk about staying married and people look at yeah. you, I'm sure. And just say, well, this guy, obviously he's, he's happy. He's got all these kids. It's like everything right. must be golden, right? Everything must be golden. There. Yeah. But I think what, what you present in your podcast and in your weekly columns and all the things that I watch and get to be a part of watching you do, it's just very honest. And I think we just so desperately need honest voices. We don't need church talk. There's a lot of guys in this ministry and obviously just listening to our shows and things. They're very much more that guy who didn't grow up in the home where mom and dad stayed together. That's, mo that's mm -hmm. more of the men in, in our community than not. And so a lot of them are just looking and saying like, where's the guy that sounds like me? <laughs> right. <laughs> because they're in yeah. church thinking, how are you doing? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. Everybody must be doing yeah, good. Exactly. You know? Or when they do confess something, they'll say, oh, you know, I just got all bent out of shape because they didn't have enough ketchup at McDonald's. You know? And then you think, that's it? That's, that's all that you have to worry about? But, you know, and even speaking to your point, because I know there are a lot of dads who don't have an example. Yep. And they have a bad example. You know, my dad, my dad's dad walked out on his family when he was a teenager, my dad, my, I've he, he was one of five children. I've never heard them mention the father's name. Mm. I've never heard my grandmother ever mention him. Well, I mean, and yet my dad was an amazing dad, you know, and yet all his, that, that man's, my dad's, my grandpa, I guess, all his children stayed married. Mm. You know, and, and my dad was a great dad and a great husband and he broke the cycle. Yeah. And so there is so much hope. It's not, again, not easy, but it's so worth it. Absolutely. There's so many other things. Maybe if you're willing down the road, maybe we'll try to do some more. Cause there's so many other things I'd like to yeah, ask you. But sure. for time's sake today, I want, I want to wrap up here for you and. So you can go get your dad and he can buy you lunch. I got to go pick up my dad. My dad's going to complain about how fast I drive. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, he's like constantly looking at my speedometer. And, and I mean, I'm a slow driver. My wife will say Todd never speeds. And 
<laughs> he'll say, you better slow down around here, Todd. They're going to get you. And I'm like, dad, I'm 58 years old. If I want a ticket, I'm going to get a ticket. <laughs> so great. Tell your dad we said hello. Hey, tell, <laughs> tell our audience real quick, though, Todd, like what, where can they find you? Tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that you have for dads to encourage them in the fight. Well, you can find us at familymanweb.com. We have a weekly podcast called The Family Man Show. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. We send out a weekly email. You can sign up for it. We've got lots of products over there. We've got t-shirts and some really cool hats. Um, we've got books to encourage you. If you're a homeschooling family, you know, we encourage homeschoolers as well. We have kind of a side of us that encourages homeschooling moms called The Smiling Homeschooler. And with the same .com, thesmilinghomeschooler.com. And so, you know, again, even in homeschooling, we just want to encourage moms to remember what matters most, which is the relationship, not men. And so that's kind of what we do. So you can find us there. If you're looking for something, you know, I know it's not Christmas, but we've got some Christmas board games and that we produce. It's a great game called The Bethlehem. We've got some other Christmas things to encourage you. And really excited because our You to Dad daily calendar, which is a yearly thing for us, comes out November 1st, is at the printer right now. We print out a bunch of them and uh, lots of dads buy them for their friends, for their dad friends. And it's just a page a day. You rip off a page and uh, it's maybe the greatest tool I've ever made because it reminds you all those things you want to do. Like on a certain day, it'll say, you know, tell your youngest child that you're proud of them. Mm -hmm. Or stop right now and text your wife and tell her you love her. Or maybe spend 10 seconds thanking God for being a dad. Great. And some other things like that. So it's a powerful tool. Uh, you can't get them on our website yet, but they're going to be showing up real soon. That's excellent. Yeah. And we'll try to put some links there for, for the guys there in show That'd notes so that we can do that. Todd, we love what you're doing. Thank you for encouraging me and encouraging the dads that are out there. Keep doing what you're doing. And thank you for your time with us. And Guys, look for Todd, follow his stuff, get into his weekly email and uh, sign up for that. It's awesome stuff. And uh, just encourage you guys listening just to be the dad that God meant for you to be, to get in the fight, stay connected and just stay married and uh, the blessing Amen. will come. Amen. So go get in the fight, guys. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next podcast. Hey guys, thanks so much for being here today and listening to the show. Please be sure to head over to the website at getinthefight.club. And before you go, if you haven't already, please subscribe, click the like button, and leave us a positive five-star review. It makes a huge difference whenever you do. Have a great day. Go get in the fight.